0: used to be in a band and uh our name was wait for it dog logic. And I'm not sure where that name came from but it gets you thinking doesn't it? Like what is the logic of a dog? So I don't even remember it was way back in the day. Um that's a deep conversation as part of the wild conversation isn't it? How do dogs actually produce logic? Uh we will save that for another day. But there were a few moments where I got into the studio to do some recording. Just a few moments and I'll never forget being in the studio with my friend, Matt Wool, whose uh, face some of you are looking at right now, who was also the chief operations officer for Wild Leaders back in the day. And uh, I was in the studio and watching Matt lay down the tr- guitar tracks for the album we were recording together. And I, when I say we, that's a bit overstated, as I was just putting down voice tracks for one song. So, uh, But he was in charge of the whole thing. And the studio technician looked at me and, and he said, Matt Wool is a human metronome. And, uh, and Matt is. He is. And if you don't know what a metronome is, this is my basic non-musician, if you're one of a non-musician it's a device used to keep time by doing clicks or providing consistent rhythm. Some of you are back at the piano taking piano lessons right now, so you remember what I'm talking about. And, and Matt is like that as a musician, both creative, but also I, I, I've heard him be able to do that. And he can keep time like no one's business. And it's no wonder that Matt is one of the greatest operations leaders I know, because he understands the necessity for rhythms we choose over rhythms that are compulsive and random. And what does all that have to do with priorities and rhythms in your work and life? So let's get into that now. So I'm Dr. Rob McKenna, and welcome to The Wild Conversation, where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders who are willing to learn and edit for their sake. And hopefully for the sake of others. And today we're continuing our series on overwhelmed and underproductive. And this week the topic is priorities and rhythms. We have covered delegation that drives. That was last week. So if you want to check into those, we have those out on our YouTube channel. And uh the week before we talked about meetings that matter related to our rhythms um, and our, our getting over this feeling of being overwhelmed. Um, Those were some great conversations, so I urge you to share those with others or take a listen if you miss them, but today it's all about priorities and rhythms, and let me tell you my aspiration for today, and we're going to talk about individual rhythms as opposed to team rhythms, but it's going to relate to team rhythms, and oh my goodness, my hope as I thought about this yesterday is my hope is that this might help you find your groove, Um, that it might help you find a rhythm that works for you as opposed to against you. Um, that would help you to perform, to learn, to serve, and to work well in the context of your team members' needs. Um, and even for my own team, as I thought about this, I hope that each of them feel themselves in that groove most days. And so this is something I do wish, because it's something I see that is problematic across so many people's lives. It's, it's this feeling of being overwhelmed. And I think this concept of rhythms is, could, be, could be helpful for all of us. And there is a great documentary out there called Count Me In. If you haven't seen it yet, it's kind of awesome. It's the story of some of the greatest drummers in the world. And at one point, Chad Smith, the drummer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, is talking about Charlie Watts, one of the greatest drummers of all time from the Rolling Stones. And he's talking about the song Honky Tonk Woman, and uh, and he says he says something like this. He says. If you listen to the beginning of Honky Tonk Woman, it starts out at a certain tempo. And he says, this is the great Charlie Watts, one of the best all-time drummers ever. And, he's, and Chad Smith says this, he says, by the end, if the song starts at 103 beats per minute, he's probably at 109 or something by the end. But you don't sit there and go, wow, this is, his, this is what Chad said. You don't sit there and go, wow, that song is really speeding up. It's just naturally how they play. And if you know that song, it starts off, you know what I'm talking about, right? Matt knows what I'm talking about. But by the end, it's like, it's rolling by the end. And so I ask you this. It's interesting, right? What is the natural way you play? Or in this case, the natural way you work that would not only work for you, but for the rest of your team. That would be a rhythm you would choose. And as, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, when we were talking about work meetings, I define a rhythm as this, a rhythm is a regular cadence you choose. And it's different from a habit because a habit is a compulsion you can't help but repeat. A rhythm is a regular drumbeat that makes sense within the context of what's happening in the rest of your life and work, including the needs of your team and family. And can you imagine this, how Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Mick Taylor and Bill Wyman would have responded if Charlie Watts had had just started to speed up the song because he couldn't help himself and he took it to 125 beats per minute instead of 109 or he started he started the song there. Like the best and right rhythm will not only make make sense for you but also for the rest of your band. And so I think that's something to think about. And we work with we work with too many leaders who lack a rhythm. And it takes its toll on them and on their teams, especially in the long haul. And these are these are many leaders that we know, and some of them are us at times, who don't feel present in any meeting because the next meeting is lurking ahead of them, or they're never offline, or the pressures of a job that has begun, has begun to be too big, which we'll talk about uh, that's coming up, have now overwhelmed them. Their work has become a habit that owns them and not a rhythm they choose. And not, it's not all their fault, but I do want to suggest to you that we do have a choice. But making that choice to find and choose a rhythm that may, involve, that may involve sacrifices along the way. I don't know if we can even get there without considering the possibility of the sacrifices it might take to do that. The sacrifices at their most extreme may involve finding a different job. I mean, I'm just putting it out there, like, and, it, and at a less extreme, may involve setting priorities and even some boundaries that will work for you and will work for the rest of your team. It doesn't mean we all get to choose exactly when we work, but within the constraints of the needs of our customers, our clients, and the rest of our team, what is the cadence you can choose to effectively manage your boundaries while serving others and finding a rhythm? And if some of you are thinking, some of you are thinking right now, the big takeaway, like, this may be all you hear today. I just told you that you have a possibility of choosing. That agency over this is a part of the process. And I'm not saying, like I've said, it's not all about us, right? It's not all about us. It's about us in a larger context, but that we need to figure this out. Imagine if the rhythm of your work was a steady rhythm that worked for you and for others around you, a cadence that allowed you to get it done, to learn, to enjoy the process, to serve others, and to be intentionally productive. Um. Imagine what that would look like. What is your best groove? And what could you consider in order to get into it? What is the rhythm of your weeks and months? I got to tell you, for, for 25 years, I had a weird rhythm, a very clear rhythm that was structured around an academic calendar. And some of you know what I'm talking about, but I I, I, had, the, I had two rhythms because I really had two jobs over the years where I was working with organizations, but I was also in the academic world. And I'm telling you, it was crazy, y'all, as I was thinking about this. In the fall, I had class on Tuesday and thir- Thursday nights for 25 years. In the winter, I had class on Wednesday afternoons for about 15 of those years. In the spring, I had class on Tuesday nights. My yearly rhythm, I had faculty meetings on Thursday afternoons. I had chairs meetings. So department chairs meetings on Wednesday mornings. I had my, sorry, on, on Wednesdays, I had research team meetings on Wednesday mornings. I had basketball from 1130 to one on Tuesday and Thursday, where a bunch of faculty tried to kill each other. Um, I did weights on the off days when I was doing a good job about my health. I had faculty retreat in September, every September. I had orientation in September. I had commencement the first week of June. I had an annual conference we went to that Daniel and I went to for years in, in April. There's crazy, the, the rhythms I was given that I lived into. And sometimes those rhythms were, are kind of comforting, but they also maybe at times could be constraining. And in the midst of all that, in all the margins of those academic rhythms, I was running a business. So as I was preparing for the wild conversation, I was amazed at the curricular structure of my life for all those years. And imagine how important a rhythm was to my work. It had to have some, some intentional integrated thinking. And so when I moved into my, my full-time role as CEO a few years ago, it was I had to establish new rhythms. I had to do that. And so as you think about your finding your best room, the rhythm that you choose from a whole perspective, where do you start? Where do you start? Getting control over the priorities and rhythms of our lives and work will require intentionality from us. I got to say it, it does. And I would say without some of this intentionality, I am just not that intentional. So I have to have some kind of a structure to consider how do where do I begin? And from a whole perspective, it's more than just saying like, well, here's when my team's going to meet each week, but it's a start. So I want to ask you seven questions. I'm going to ask you seven questions to consider about establishing a work and like rhythm that will work for you. Okay. I'm going to just seven questions. So the first question is this, what is your purpose in your work, your health? your finances, your family, your friends, and your faith. What is your purpose in each of those areas of your life? And I know it's a, those are big categories, but I got to tell you, thinking about purpose, like why am I here? Why am I in it? Why am I in the roles, different roles I'm in in my family and in my work? What is that about? It is nearly impossible to maintain a rhythm without a deeper purpose driving those rhythms. And those cadences in your work and life. And it has to start with purpose, your reason for being in different roles in your life. A clearly articulated reason, a purpose will not only help you get on rhythm, but also help you stay on rhythm. This will also help you to establish priorities and begin to know what to say no to. That's one of the best cards in the wild deck, the card deck that some of you have used before is like, do you know what to say no to? And how do we know what to say no to if we haven't started with that purpose? And if you aren't purposeful in, the ho- in these whole areas of your life, your new rhythms will not sustain. And so I come back to that. And it, it's what is your purpose in those different areas? And I just listed out a few work, health, finances, family, friends, and faith. And I would say like, this is I, quite frankly, we built a tool for this. It's called the purposeful goals assessment. And so it's called the PGA. Some of you have used that. It's a way to actually begin to get intentional about that. Question number two. What is happening at the intersection of your personality, your development, and your weekly schedule that is important to understand and act on? What is happening at the intersection of those things? Finding a rhythm must include an awareness and understanding of what in you is changing and what in you is less likely to change. And when I say things that are less likely to change, I'm talking about personality. There are things about you that the research would say are not that likely to move much over your lifetime. And that affects your rhythms. It affects those choices that you make. So considering that, but then also considering the things that are changing in your development. And for example, conscientiousness does not change that much over your lifetime and neither does openness to experience. And for those very high on conscientiousness and introversion, Having those rhythmic moments to work on your own with no one else around is key. It tends to be really key. And knowing when you get more introverted, even during a day, is also key. Some of you know this. I've said I get more introverted after about 3.30 in the afternoon. So understanding the rhythms of my work around that introversion is important. But also knowing something about the developmental moment you're experiencing and building in time to learn and not just time to perform is critical. And we have a whole assessment that the wild profile, some of you have used, actually gets into some of that as well. Question number three. I love this. What is the regular cadence of meetings in your work that that you must be available for? What are the regular cadence of meetings in your work? And so here's the deal this is all about organizational and life context. And so this is about inter- interdependencies, these places where the functioning of other people in your work and life is dependent upon you being there and being present. Cause at the end of the day, it is about us and not it is about us and not all about us. We are not only player, we're not the only player who matters to this team being effective. And so one of the the things that we talk about, like our, our leadership team at Wild Leaders meets on Monday mornings for two hours. And if someone is going to be invited into that core leadership team and they say, I can't meet on Monday mornings, we probably will not hire them. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like it has to work in the context of those interdependencies because it has worked so well for us until the moment we say like, well, maybe Mondays is not something, maybe that's something we could sacrifice. And so understanding that context of your life and work and some of those interdependencies is key for you selecting what those that meeting schedule and those rhythms will look like. Next question number four: What is the rhythm you would choose that would best leverage your strengths? It's interesting, right? What is your job description? So it's not to, it's like this is this moment between like what are you you're good at, but also the needs of your job. Why does this matter? It matters, it matters because it is difficult to know what to prioritize if you don't know what it is that must happen uh, versus what you feel you should do. It's like understanding what the things that you are really good at will maybe establish in the way that you're good at them, will establish what some of those rhythms will look like. This is kind of ridiculous, but I tend to be more creative with someone else with me. And so I have weekly rhythms where I'm with a team member from wild, where we're doing some creative and innovative work together that I can't do on my own. But that's, that's one of the, it's a strength I bring, but it's also a limitation, something that we find a way to work around. Question number five, what is the process you will use to calendar, share and assign tasks to other members of your team? It sounds so basic, but it's important technological opportunities and constraints. Like this is this is that, that system you will choose. We have never lived in a time where there is more access to great tools to establish rhythms. But those same tools can also make us too available at times and even stress us out. And I'll tell you right now, y'all, so look at this. I am holding this phone. I called a buddy of mine that worked at Sprint at the time years ago. And this is the first phone I ever got that had a calendar on it. It barely is holding up. I told my wife, I was so excited that I still have this phone. She's like, why do you keep all your old phones? And I'm like, for this moment, y'all, it like had I had to put like duct tape to keep it together as one of those clamshell phones. And I called my friend and I said, why doesn't every phone have a calendar? He works for Sprint at the time. Why doesn't every, and you know what he told me? He goes, there's no market for it. If I would have had the money, I thought that at the moment, I thought if I could build phones with calendars or every phone had it, I could be a kajillionaire. Okay, so I'm just saying like the calendar on the phone changed my life. It really did. And then you're all laughing because who doesn't have a calendar on their phone now, right? It's just like, it's ridiculous. That's my, I'm just so glad I kept that phone. So what is the technology that you will choose? What is the, the, the process you will choose? Question number six, six, what sacrifices and courage will be necessary for you to set boundaries that will help you to create a life and work that is sustainable and accelerating for you? what sacrifices and courage will be necessary. Um, And for some of this, this will mean being clear and not reactive about our needs. And we all must do more than simply what we want to do. So so that's going to be important, but there may be sacrifices even saying, I'm not going to look at my phone. It's the weirdest thing, right? Because sometimes that thing might be pressing, but we're going to say, here's what it's going to take for me to set boundaries. And all I would ask you to do is to consider what are the sacrifices you might need to make to begin to develop a rhythm? And some of that might mean not to make it all about us, right? All about you. But other cases might be to actually advocate for yourself and saying, this is what would work for me. How could that work within the context of our team? And then number seven, the last question, what is the schedule you will set and how will you maintain a sustain- sustainable margin for error? If there's anything that I hope some of you feel encouraged, and by the way, very, very senior leaders could use every one of these seven things. It's like you would think that someone who has a billion dollars of budget authority would have this figured out. I'm around too many of those people to say they don't have it any better than we do. So picking what is the schedule that would work for you and for the context around you. So picking a schedule is a big, big part of that. Um, And we talked about that with meetings that matter uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So if you mapped out the best rhythm for your weeks and months and year, what would it look like? And what would it take to get you there? What would you need to begin to edit and to change? And how would you need to adapt to begin to set a rhythm that would work for you? And I hope some of those questions might be grab whichever one is important to you. And let's just keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening to this wild conversation. To join our live wild conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation and subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.